Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening to. All right, welcome back to another show. Thank you, as always, for coming back. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share. If you're on any of the podcast platforms, please rate us. If you can do five stars, that'd be wonderful. But we'll take a one-star rating if you think we suck. If you're on YouTube, Rumble, any of the other video platforms, even though we have no video, uh, please give it a thumbs up if you like the content. Listen to us while you're driving down the road. Anything you can do to let people know that you listen to us, that'd be appreciated. Share it on your Facebook timeline, on your Twitter, wherever you're at. Instagram, we're there too. Uh, You can tag us in anything you post, that'd be great. We want to thank Brian Schilling with Long & Foster Real Estate over in Annapolis, uh, 145 Main Street, Long & Foster Fine Homes. His uh, phone number is 410-263-3400. AnnapolisHomeExperts.com is his website. As you know, Brian was my personal real estate agent. Helped me find the home that I'm in today. Uh, Just uh, real personal service that you're not going to get with a Redfin or any of those big brokerage style uh, real estate agents. And we also want to thank Cheers and Spirits in the Arnold Station Plaza. Last week we had the uh, the Old Scout. I let it mellow on the ice last week. And it wasn't too bad. When was, but I left it on ice for like 30 minutes. Yeah. It, it wasn't like I left it on ice for 10 minutes and, and swirled it and drank it. No. You like mixed it with water. I mixed it with water. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was what, 117 proof? I proofed that shit down to about 90. Yeah. With how much water and ice I had in there. Uh, wasn't bad. It definitely had that, uh, that cinnamon taste to it, though. Yeah. Um, which I didn't mind. See, I, I love cinnamon. Yeah. Like, if I buy gum or hard candy or even, like, you, know, you go to the supermarket and they'll have, like, the, like, gummy bears and, like, the brand name stuff. Like, they'll have, like, the store brand, like, cinnamon gummy bears. Like, I get those. <laughs> like, I love them. Anything cinnamon, I'm, I'm down with. So, um, speaking, I, of, speaking of off-brand. Mm-hmm. All right. So, every, people take those airborne gummies. During the winter, like we're, we're getting into winter time. It's November. Did you say airborne was like a pile of, like a scam. Like is, the, it, is it? I, I yeah. don't know. It's vitamins. Yeah, it's basically vitamin. Yeah. It's like got zinc and some other stuff. I that's supposed to have some you orange juice to get the same. Thing. Sure, but I, but here's the thing. I don't get. I get the acid reflux. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I tend to do it. My plus, it's a sugary gummy, right? I mean, tastes delicious. Yeah. A little zinky. And for people that have ever taken zinc, you know what that tastes like. It's a little bit, yeah. it's a little metallic in there, but not overpowering. Anyway, so <laughs> in my infinite wisdom, I bought the uh, the Walgreens version of Airborne. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not the same. No, no, it, it's it's a little. It's like chewing uh, tough steak. Oh, yeah, mm. it doesn't have the chew to it. Because I take like the men's once a day multivitamin. Yeah, it's the the Sam's Club brand, is and it's gum? like a gummy candy. Oh, it's a gu- okay. You're doing gummy. It's like a sweet gumdrop. So I've got, I take a vitamin, a large dose of vitamin D. It's a ten thousand IU vitamin D. Mm-hmm. I take a big uh, B12 and B2 and whatever B, like a big B vitamin. Yeah. I take a super C, so it's huge dose of C plus zinc in there as well. Um, the my wife had uh, had the COVID. Mm. So this is like last week or something. So I, w- I was taking the airborne 
just to make because I think it works, even yeah. though it doesn't. Like I know it does. Like in the back of my mind, I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't help. Doesn't do shit. But just like masks, right? Not do anything either. But I, I still took it. Oh, there's our flag. <laughs> <laughs> Medical misinformation <Yeah>. again. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I won't put RFK's name in the in the title of this one. Though. Right. Um. So anyway, so I took it and I started chewing them. Like when I opened them, like God, these are. It's like. I was like, "This is tough. Let's go." I couldn't like I couldn't break it down with my teeth, like that that kind of like leatheriness to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Is it because they just sit on the shelf a lot longer than Airborne does?" Or or, I I have no idea. Like it was almost like stale candy. Yeah, but it still tasted good because it had sugar all over it. Which you know, I've been trying to avoid the sugars, but you know, there's a difference between the Mott's fruit snacks Mm -hmm. and the Welsh's fruit snacks. Which one's better? Welsh's. Hands down. Well, they taste better. Which one's... Is there one better for you because it has less sugar? That's not what I'm really talking about. Here. Oh, I'm talking about oh, was, oh, all right. All right. <laughs> but, no... You're, you're coming at it from a different angle. I was yeah, like, picking up what you're putting down. They, they have the same... I think they're both the same, but the Mott's ones are tougher, whereas the Welsh's are like nice, soft gummies, mm. like gummy bears. I do like the Welsh's. Yeah. We buy the Costco box. Yeah. Oh, no. I get the, the, the Sam's Club one. Yeah, yeah. Probably the same box. Yeah. It's like 800 in a, yeah. in a box. And then there's the, the Aldi brand, which Aldi's my new jam, hmm. has, uh, are, are decent too. Still superior to Mott's. The Mott's ones are trying to be healthy, and they just make them not taste good. Well, and then, then they got like the black bear, like the yeah. organic ones. Yeah. Those are awful. Yeah, and they cost a lot more. They do. But it's almost like <laughs> they get like, I don't know if there's like moisture in the bag. But it always looks like the inside of the bag is fogged up. Yeah. Because like all the fruit juice that they put in there didn't solidify enough. And now it's just like it's like all running out and it creates steam in the bag. And it, it probably grows mold on it. Like, like I'm steam like a pile of poo. Right. This is not gonna be healthy for anybody. Um speaking of healthy. So I think when we last talked, you had just gotten under three hundred or under four hundred. Yeah. I was at three oh three. Mm-hmm. For weight. By the way, we're going to talk about weight loss. If I didn't, I didn't really lead in very well yeah. with that. I just said, "Oh, talking Your about healthy." Was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> talking about healthy. We're not healthy at all. Yeah. Um. So I, I had gotten down to three hundred three, and this was probably second week, first or second week in October. And I was like, "Yes, I got. I'm I'm three pounds away from being under three. Mm-hmm. and my weight went up. Mm. I went up as high as 312, so I gained back nine pounds. Oh, boy. Um, as of today, I was sitting at uh, 306, so I'm, I'm, in the right, I'm back in the right direction. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie. The, the mental state took a little bit of a hit mm-hmm. on the way back up, but I also knew because I wasn't eating. I wasn't eating the way I should. I definitely I didn't slip all the way. But I was slipping. Yeah. Eating probably too many carbs that I shouldn't have. Um, ate more calories than I probably should have. But not a ton. Like, I'm not throwing like 4,000 calories. But I was probably going either dead even at the 2,600 to keep me where I'm at. Or, you know, 27, 28 to gain a little bit here and there. I, I wasn't going under that two where I should have been. Mm-hmm. And I knew it. And I didn't really care. I, I was almost like I was back in the old mental waves, but not to the point where I was like, I'm going to go eat this box of like Thin Mints. Mm-hmm. 
that I've got in my freezer, or I'm going to go eat all the bread in the world now, uh, or I'm going to go house a pizza. Like it was it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I didn't do that. Right. Yeah. Which is great. But I also like in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I just gave up nine pounds of progress when I was so close to hitting that number. Mm hmm. Like that's a milestone number for me. It's gonna go under three hundred. Yeah, just like going under four was big for you, yeah, and it, it like it was awesome. Like I thought it was awesome. I don't know if you thought it was awesome, but no, I when I, you told me, I was like, dude, that's like I was excited. Yeah, I couldn't when when express I saw it the text. three start, I was like, that's cool. Like okay, now I'm really. But the problem is, I've kind of plateaued. I'm really hovering right around three ninety, which is cool. I'm not shooting back up, but I did like. Notice I was retaining some water in my ankles. Like, what's going on with this? So, um, just need to up my water intake and stop eating so much. So, football season, I like to eat popcorn. So, I was eating microwave popcorn. Ooh, yeah. You make you make excellent popcorn. I know, but I, that's the whole machine. I had to set it up, and I get yelled at because yeah, you ain't cleaning up, and there's popcorn everywhere. So I just it's just chuck it in the bag in the microwave. You ever try it on the stovetop? Yeah, oh yeah, I, do, do like I made a, that too. Like a pot with oil, yep. So you take the oil, coat coat yeah. the coat the kernels. Yep. Just enough. Mhm. Put the lid on. It's basically like Jiffy Pop. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah, I did it with a big colander. I made it for the Ravens first game. I popped this huge batch and then melted like real butter over top of it. You need to get an old school air popper. Yeah, I could do that. Because those are easy. Yeah. You literally just dump them in, turn the air popper on, and, and you just put the so bowl under the thing. You can actually take popcorn kernels and pour them into a paper bag, fold the bag, and put that in the microwave and pop it yourself. Is there anything in the bag that makes that happen? No. No. I've, I've done it with a paper bag. Okay. Yeah. I've done it plenty of times. Then you just melt real butter over it, put whatever you want to on it, and it's, it's fine. You just got to make sure you don't burn it. Yeah, I feel because I feel like anything's better than the popcorn in the bag, just because the chemicals they put in the uh, bag to make it to make that reaction happen. Yeah, like there's like I, I think they tested it, it's like real carcinogens are in it. Well, there's that dude that sued because he got cancer. Yeah, but and of course you only heard one side of it. He's like popcorn gave me, but he was eating like eight bags a day. <laughs> right, and every time he opened the bag, he'd go and inhale all that. Oh, so. No, great. Like I'm getting like the blasto butter, like, <laughs> like. So, I just gotta knock that off, and then uh, you know tighten up some of the, you know, like my wife brought home oatmeal cream pies, which are my kryptonite. Oof. Yeah. So. No, I'm convinced nobody can turn those down. Communists can, and people that don't like puppy dogs. Can they though? I think people that don't like puppy dogs can do it because they're just evil. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> I must really love puppy dogs, yeah. Because there's no shot in hell. I'm turning that down. No, no. So, yeah. But the thing I think it's nice when you're when you're when you can kind of identify what you're doing. You just have to make that change. You know, it sucks when you go back up and you've been really good. So that's yeah, what that's true. What kind of stinks? So you got to look at it. And be like, okay, yeah, I tied one on the other day, and but. If I drink, I feel really lousy. So I've been knocking back the booze a lot. So um, I just feel like like crap. So I have to say, not that I was a big beer drinker, but with the bourbon, 
I feel like it's a better drinking experience, mm-hmm. especially the day after. Yeah. Because, like, one drink for me, I can make it last 20 minutes. I can make it last an hour. It really depends. Yep. Like, but even if I have two, I get a little warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. But the next day, I'm not feeling it. Right. And to me, that's a good experience. So I, I don't know if you've had the same, because you're you're a, you you like beer a lot more than I do. Yeah, but and the thing is, like, so last year, at when we had the neighborhood Halloween thing, and I was popping popcorn. I switched over to bourbon, and I drank one glass of bourbon for the entire night, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I was there just like pounding beer, so. You know, it's and I can put some beer down. I've seen it, but yeah, no lies are being told right now. And I don't get like all stumbling around like I pretty much act like I normally do. Yep, like I just pounded thirty beers and I'm talking to you like this. So bourbon, the effects are a little bit more dramatic, but because and the other thing is I like bourbon, but it's bourbon's not something I'd be pounding down. I don't mix it with anything except maybe ice, you know, which turns into water. But I'm not doing. You know, bourbon mules or any of that stuff. It's just straight up, you know, sipping on it. And it really, you're right. It, you can make that drink. You can do a four, a three-ounce pour, a healthy pour, and it can last for a very long time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed the drinking experience more on it versus beer, in my opinion. Yeah. But again, I, I'm the worst person to ask just because I'm not really a big drinker to begin with. But for me, like the Halloween night, I'll probably bring my little Yeti. I'll put ice in it. I'll put maybe maybe four fingers mm-hmm. in there, little little extra pour, and that'll last me the three or four hours. Yeah, that'll be mostly water by the end of the night. But I don't care. And the nice thing about bourbon is you're not pissing every minute, every ten minutes. Very true. You know, because you just had you know you're not taking in that that um you're not taking in all that water yeah so so for me it's just been a more enjoyable experience <laughs> i'm really like, this is what is this a advertisement for drinking like <laughs> drink bourbon <laughs> kids it's great yeah <laughs> um no but for like i've just never been a big i, I, I keep saying this I like beer. And I will say this. I do miss beer. Um, I was a Miller Lite guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is something about a summer day having a Miller Lite for me. It's enjoyable. Oh. Well, when I when I cook dinner out on the, on the, like, open the beer up, grill's going. Like, they go hand in hand. Now that I have the TV out there, put whatever game is on, you know, now it's the... The, uh, you know, football, of course, the, you know, our, our beloved Baltimore Orioles are no longer playing, but, uh, watching the Capitals just stink and <laughs> whatever football games on. So, but yeah, put that on, have a beer, cook dinner, bring it in. It's funny. I only drink the beer while I'm cooking dinner. I don't drink it at dinner and after dinner I'm done. I don't drink any more of it either. Beer and food for me are not a mixer. Mm-hmm. I want to taste the food or I want to taste the beer. Yeah. I don't want to drink the beer while I'm eating the food. There are certain things 
that I want beer with? Crabs. Crabs and chicken wings. Ooh, see, chicken wings, I'm, I'm, I'm a separation guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, with this new found lifestyle, chicken wings have been a very big part of that for me. Yeah. Because every restaurant has them. Mm-hmm. So when we go out and I'm trying to stay away from carbohydrates, I will get, uh, I know buffalo sauce has a little bit of carbs in it, yeah, but it's, it's, it's minuscule compared to what my allotment is for the day. Oh, yeah. So I can go out and get 12 wings. Mm-hmm. With buffalo sauce, um, carrots, and celery. And oddly enough, 12 wings. I've learned not to order, or I'm, I'm learning not to order the extra that I just don't need. Yeah. And that after I eat the wings, I probably don't want. I have found this, though. Like, it, it's a it's a matter of, if you just order an entree, and this is first world problems. You just order an entree or an appetizer. It's almost like your dinner date out is over before it started. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like you order the appetizer and the meal so that two different things get brought out at two separate times, one after the other, so that it lasts a little bit longer and you enjoy your time out. Yeah. Um. But that's, I feel like I could get the, the, the chicken wings or you know, the burger without the bun. Like there's ways to go out and eat that I've learned how to do. Um, but I've definitely found like, okay, the food's here. We eat, we're done. It's like, mm-hmm. wait, this is, it's only been 30 minutes or 40 minutes total. Mm-hmm. We got, now we're going home. Like, no, no, we got this babysitter for a couple hours. Yeah. What do we do now? Um, uh, that's a whole, that's a different date. Date night's a whole different show. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot, and a lot of places will have like, you can get fried Brussels sprouts. That's becoming oh. a really popular, um, appetizer. I love Brussels sprouts, and um, I'll make them, most of the time I, I roast them in the oven, and sometimes it's just olive oil, salt, and pepper. Other times, I'll chop up bacon and throw them in with it, and but I love them, so I'll eat that, And then, but restaurants have them, deep-fried Brussels sprouts, and deep-frying gets a bad rap, mm-hmm. but deep-frying itself really isn't that bad. The... The problem from deep frying comes because a lot of what we eat that's deep fried is also breaded. Well, the breading is what absorbs all the oil. Right. You know, you could deep fry a piece of chicken without breading. It's not the meat's not going to absorb oil. The meat can absorb the oil. You might have some on the surface, but that's negligible. It's pretty much you can't measure it. Is how little it is. Same with a vegetable, like a brus- like a leafy green, like a vegetable or like a Brussels sprout. It's not going to sop up oil. So you can deep fry them, and they're really good. I'm a big fan of Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Another one, and only a few places do this, buffalo cauliflower. I've seen it. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I was never, in all the crazy diets I've ever done, protein was never the enemy. Protein was always eat it up, especially when you're lifting or or something like that. So. I was never like, man, I got to get deep fried cauliflower. Now, if I could replace, so I used to do cauliflower rice a lot or cauliflower mash. Like, so people call them cauliflower mashed potatoes. It's not cauliflower mashed potatoes. There's no potatoes. It's mashed cauliflower. But you can make it a certain way. I used to make a um, an awesome shepherd's pie with mashed cauliflower, mm. and it came out really good. Um, 
and you're getting rid of all that starchy carbs, which another thing, if you're starting to see like, say you eat rice or you've eaten carbs and you step on the scale and your weight's up, that rice just sops up water and sits in there. So, and then if you do something like fried rice from with MSG, now you're just like piling it. It's just, it's all water weight. It's just re- retained water. You're not going to gain nine pounds in a day or even a week. Yeah. You know? Someone said the rice that we eat in America is different than the rice they have in Asia. Yeah, so we do stuff to our rice here. Like, they fortify it, mm-hmm. so they put powder all over it. Mm. So have you ever cooked rice and you didn't rinse it, and there's all that fluffy, crusty crap? Yeah. That's all that fortification. Oh. Um, And we bleach it. So... Yeah. Like, if you go to a place, you get jasmine rice or basmati. They haven't done anything to it. So, Someone said the the bread we have here versus the bread they have in, like, Europe and other countries is also different. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I, I saw a video, and I don't know how true it is, but essentially the, the, the bakeries, and I'm, I, I use bakeries in air quotes because it's mass-produced bread. Yeah. It's not really from bakeries. They added a chemical into the bread mix, mm-hmm. so it's not just it's not just eggs, flour, and yeast. Um, they add something to it so that it has an extended shelf life to it. Yeah, and it also gives it a consistent, consistent um, bubbles. And yeah. so, what makes bread part of what makes bread bread is that the it creates there's bubbles in it, and that's what makes it fluffy or. Because other than that, it would just be matzah. Like, it would be well, unleavened bread. Well, and apparently they did it because um, the bread makers... So the story, their um, sandwiches were big for workers to take to lunch, for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't an easy way to slice bread for sandwiches. So the, sandwich, so the bread makers started selling uh, pre-sliced loaves of bread. But they found that once they sliced the bread, the bread would go bad quicker. Yep. So that's when they started to modify the flour mixture so th- with uh, with preservatives so that the bread would last longer after it had been sliced. And apparently that's what causes our bread to be worse for us here in America. Because a lot of times in Europe, they don't use pre-sliced bread. Yep. It's all loaves of bread that you go to the bakery and you and, and you take it home and you cut it there. Uh, so they're like when they like they'll get a a, a loaf of sourdough mm-hmm. and it's a whole loaf of sourdough. It's not cut. So when they go home, they cut it as they eat it. Yeah. So like they'll cut two slices and make a sandwich out of it. Well, here our Wonder Bread is already sliced. It's already sliced and they fortify it with this stuff. Yep. And that's what makes the bread so bad for us in America. Mm-hmm. It's not all bread. It's that bread. And all these big companies do that. So like Schmidt, uh, Wonder Bread, any, anything you see that's pre-sliced, they've put those additives in. Yeah. So it's funny you mention this because I was just listening to a podcast. Um, it's called The Human Upgrade I forget the guy's name that does it, but he had this this lady on. Her name is Vani Hari, and she goes by – her handle is The Food Babe. And I just saw a picture of her for the first time, and it's – the 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 name's appropriate. Okay. So uh, 
in any case, she was became a, a food activist after like she worked a regular corporate job, was overweight, felt like crap, exhausted all the time, just like most of us are. Mm-hmm. And she switched to a natural diet, and all of a sudden she felt great. So she started looking at the chemicals that were in food. One of the biggest chemicals was this chemical called azodicarbatamide. And it's what gives bread the consistent bubbling throughout. Hmm. Uh, Subway used it in all their bread. Because what people want is a, like if you leave an oatmeal cream pie, delicious. Yep. But you open one oatmeal cream pie and the next one and the next one and the thousandth one, they're all identical. They're all the same. That's what this chemical does. It gives bread that bubbling pattern inside so that when you cut it, every roll, every sandwich uh, roll they make, you know, you get the 12 inch Italian BMT from Subway, the bread is the same. Every Subway in the country, every roll you get from whichever one, they're all the same. So it was to remove that chemical, which was just to produce that quality. So. It's the same thing like if you took a yoga mat and cut it in half and looked at the yoga mat, the foam, how it would be all consistent throughout. You wouldn't have hard spots and soft spots or dead spots. It would be the same. They use that chemical in rubbers. So she went on this crusade to get rid of it. It's funny because I was just reading the Wikipedia and it said that was her campaign. And in parentheses, um, it's, 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 it's almost to the point where they don't even pretend anymore. Right. So in February 2014, Hari launched a petition on her website asking Subway to remove, as I, I'm going to screw it up again, azodicarbonamide, in parentheses, a safe flower ble- bleaching agent and dough conditioner. So you look at the citation. Frequently asked questions on that chemical from the FDA. Who's paying off the FDA? Right. You know, like, right. I don't trust anything they'd say. Right? Right. So... You just, again, that's going to be, according to experts, masks are effective to prevent COVID. So, you know, the experts say, according to fact checkers, who are the fact checkers? Oh, the freaking industry shills. Right. And, um, but yeah, that chemical that's in the bread, all that stuff makes it last longer. That chemical is banned everywhere else in the world. But here, EU has banned it. Uh, The Asian, all the Asian countries have banned it. I think even like Saudi Arabia and Iran banned it. Right. They don't ban anything. Like if Iran banned it, it's probably bad. <laughs> so like they're not our moral standard bearer in yeah. Iran. It, it's like they're literally openly poisoning us. Yeah. That's like, what it is now. Yeah. And I often wonder, I always want to do it. I want to say, Mike, can you have the discipline to eat a natural diet free of processed foods? Free of, like, talking free-range, organic, all that stuff. I mean, chicken, regular chicken is bleached. Oof. I can't stand the smell of it. I hate touching it. Eating, I can't, st- I don't, I'm not a chicken person at all. Now, I do chicken thighs, but you get chicken breasts from the store, yep. and they're enormous. Like, every single one of these motherfuckers is straight up jacked. Right. You know, they're all Arnold. They're like, because you look at his breast, it weighs the one breast, two pounds, like a two pound chicken breast. Like, how fucking big is this chicken? Right. Like, he's just doing, it's just benching like 450. Get, you know, do this chicken, like, all, but they inject them full of water. 
right. and chemicals and all this other antibiotics so they don't die in their deplorable conditions. So, um, but there's someone greasing the wheels on the other end to say that that's safe. That's why I think it's funny when, when people laugh when someone says, well, big food is trying to kill us. Big food's a thing. Yeah. Like, and, and they're going to do whatever they can to limit loss so that it can stay on the shelf longer so you can buy it longer. Yeah. And there's, like, there's no, <laughs> there's no reason a, a, a food should last for five months on a shelf. Right. I'm sorry. No, it should have gone bad by now. Yeah. Um, or a Twinkie. <laughs> that lasts forever, right? <laughs> it has that. I'm sure it has that chemical in it. Yeah. Um. So like, it's funny when people are like, "Oh, we'll just eat less." Okay. Well, even if I eat less, I got these chemicals in the food that I'm eating. As much as I want to try to avoid them, like one, it's so cost prohibitive to avoid that. Like, well, you can get fruits and veggies, and okay, which are sprayed with pesticides, and it's all like you can't yeah. avoid any of it. Now, well, don't get me wrong; I'm sure pesticide, uh, pesticide laden green peppers are better for me than a pizza. I get that, but I, I'm not avoiding all of it. There's no shot. Now, I'm not saying that's why I've stopped losing weight. I'm not saying yeah. that at all. But you know. It, this country, the food industry in this country is trying to poison you. Well, and some of it comes, so like the the chemical in Roundup, the like glufosphates or whatever they're called. I'm very familiar with it. So <laughs> the way they used to do it was they'd hire guys. So when they planted corn, they'd hire these dudes to walk next to the corn because the weeds would choke out the corn that was growing. And the yields would be less. So well, we got to do something about the weeds. So what they would do is they'd spray glufosate, which any any chemical that kills living things is probably bad for us too, right? So they'd spray this individually on the weeds so the corn could grow. Well, it's a lot more efficient if you can spray the entire field with an airplane, mm-hmm. but it would also kill the corn. So they modified the genes of the corn to survive the... Um, the 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 glyphosate the glyphosate right yep so then the corn could grow you could spray the whole field with an airplane then they did the same thing with wheat so they didn't they didn't genetically modify these organisms to make them taste better or produce you know be healthier they did it so they could survive the pesticide right, to limit so loss yeah so they're covered in pesticides to be able to spray the poison over it more efficiently right around the same time that they started genetically modifying corn and wheat to survive the pesticide is the same time everyone started developing corn and wheat gluten allergies. It's it, it's like they did it, bam, everyone, people started complaining of it. And, and the counter argument to all that is, well, causation doesn't, or correlation doesn't equal causation. Yeah. They, they use those words a whole hell they of They love life. to do it. And, and like, look, I agree with it on certain levels, but when you can pinpoint it to that exact thing, right. when you go and say, like, oh, women make 70 cents on the dollar compared to men, on its surface, sure. But then when you look at why, and you get, like, just one layer below the surface, and you say, oh, well, that's because men don't take time off to raise families. That's because men generally work in more dangerous professions that pay more. 
So it makes more sense. If you're if if the same woman who had the same exact job and the same exact years of service that I do in my job made 70 cents on the dollar compared to me, yes, that's wrong. However, if she left the profession entirely for 10 years and then came back and is now going to complain that she makes less money than I do, well, you left. You know, and and that was your choice. Like you, you know, my wife left her job. She's re- come back to it, but she can't they they brought her back at what with her steps that she had previously before she left. Mm. But if she were to compare herself to a dude that was hired at the same time who would be at step 18 and she's at step 8, well, it's not fair that I make less money than he does. Well, you left for 10 years. So, you know, that now in her case, I'd, I'd get right behind her because I want that 30 cents. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, um, but in real life, so, however, in this case with these, like, and you can't say like, that's what caused it, but if you're going to really look at it and say, yeah. If you're if you're to bet your next paycheck on what caused it, that's where I'm putting my money. Right. It just happens to be real, real coincidental. Yeah. That this happened right about. It, it was probably a year or two after they started using it because things take some time to yeah. catch up. But it's just like to try and eat completely healthy and even, I bet you there are people out there who who do like the whole thirties and everything. Mm-hmm. They think they're doing everything right, but because they don't know what those chemicals are in the food, they're really not doing whole 30. So I've done it and I was strict. And, and if you're going to do whole 30, right, it it's work. Now I felt awesome. I, I'm not, I felt at once the, once I would came off like the sugar withdrawal, I felt awesome. I slept better. Um, like, I was super regular. Like, one solid deuce in the morning, and I was good to go. No more stomach pains. And all that. I mean, it was it was great. And, but I was making my own mayonnaise. I was making my own dressings. Everything I looked at, when I when I looked at the ingredients of a product, of, an ingre- of, of something I was using, like, olive, the only ingredient in olive oil should be olive oil. The only ingredient for eggs should be eggs. So I was going through, and it, I really felt good. It worked, but it was a ton of work. So now if you try to half-ass it and be like, eh, I'm going to use the mayonnaise, and you look at it, and there's a whole bunch of... If you look at a label and, like, what is... If you can't pronounce it or don't know what it is, should you be eating it? Probably not. But we do, because it's convenient. I mean, I go to Aldi. Who the hell knows what's in my <laughs> food I buy? But, you know, it's it's... I've always wondered if I could do it, and I thought, well then, you know, it's going to cost more, so I wouldn't eat as much. But maybe I wouldn't need to eat as much if, like, say an 8-ounce, you know, uh, grass-fed organic ribeye was all I needed to eat rather than 16 ounces because it's all pumped up full of water and steroids. But then you can even go even further than that, though. It's like when you said you made your own mayonnaise. Mm -hmm. The eggs you got were probably produced by chickens who were injected with steroids. Yeah. So you're still getting it. Right. It's just different. You're not getting as much. Sure. You know. Um, so it's like, it, no one, I don't think anyone can really live a completely clean diet. But yes, there are some things you can do to eliminate stuff. But I think if you went completely off the grid and like lived like, you know, you had a couple chickens that laid eggs yeah. and you shot a deer, 
you know, a couple times a year and caught fish in the water and did all, like, you could probably get as close as you could get it. I could see that. It'd be tough, though. I mean, there's a, there's actually a guy on YouTube, and I guess pe- people that probably listen to this think I probably would just watch YouTube all day. <laughs> um, there's a guy named Peter Santangelo on there, and he does deep dives into different ways of life mm-hmm. from him. And his whole thing is I just want to see how people live. Yeah. So he did one where he went out into, like, Appalachia just to see what it was really like. He took a camera in there, and he gets people, because people know who he is, and he tr- he's very honest with people. Um, he tries to do less of the talking. Mm-hmm. He tries to ask the questions that, like, dummies like me want to know. Yeah. And he just lets them talk. Um, so he gets invited into a lot of communities that normally wouldn't allow reporters in because he's not a reporter he's a documentarist yeah. kind of person so like he was able to get in with like orthodox jewish people mm-hmm. in new york city who are very closed off um people in appalachia who are generally very closed off because when the media does a story on these people it's generally not in a good light it's always how dumb they are and how backwards they are correct let's laugh at them because they're you know poor and you know we're right. coastal elites and they're hicks and yeah so I mean, he was able to get in with, like, gangs that let him in to see what gang life mm-hmm. was really like. Uh, Appalachia, uh, uh, the Amish. He was able to get in Amish, Mennonites. Um, but the one that he did, um, there was a guy, I believe, out in, like, Pennsylvania. And basically, he was off the grid. He had a big horse that pulled his Amish buggy, but he's not Amish. He's not a Mennonite. He's just a guy who wanted to live off the grid. Seemed like he had some things going on in his past that kind of forced him down that road. Like, fuck it. Fuck the world. I'm going out here. Um, But he had chickens for eggs. Um, Didn't eat meat. Mm -hmm. So he he grew his own vegetables. So he literally would pick out. He was picking potatoes out of his garden. And that's what he was chopping up and eating with herbs and that he was growing. Mm-hmm. Like he did every, he was self-sustainable by himself. Um, so it's definitely possible if you do that. Because on his farm, he's growing his own stuff without the chemicals. He's raising the chickens without the additional stuff in yeah. there. And they're laying the eggs. So he's able to control his own food source. But, you know, most most people like us... We can't do that. Yeah. Not without moving the whole family you know, move the whole family out there and then I don't think mine's doing that. No, mine isn't. And so I do it in a heartbeat, but So basically we, we kinda have to play with the, the chemistry at hand mm-hmm. to basically find the cheat code. Like I'm not talking about the magic bullet, but like I think everybody's body reacts differently to stuff. That's why some people can eat Wonder Bread and and eat all the carbs in the world and be thin as a rail. Yep. And then you've got other people whose in, in, internal chemistry takes carbs and blows them up. Yeah. It, it blows up their body. It, it keeps the weight on like, you know, the old cavemen did when they, mm. they, they stored fat for the winter because the body thinks it needs the fat. Yeah. And I definitely think that internal chemistry and, and, and the human race right now, I think there's such variety in it right now. Where different people react differently. Yeah. Even though we're, we're made exactly the same. Well, Our been, internal chemistry is not reacting the same to the same chemicals. Yeah. Well, I think there's some stuff like where, you know, your genetic makeup probably comes into play a lot with it. 
yep. and where you're the, so the majority of me is from you know uh northwestern europe so belgium germany and then you know scotland england ireland got some scandinavian in there so it's like I, i'm pretty sure what my aunt go going back you know one of my ancestors raped and pillaged his way across sure. northwestern europe got, got some viking in there yeah yeah so i should probably look at what those people eat i'll just start calling you sven svengensen hey yeah Right. Was uh, Magnus for Magnuson, yeah, the sure, yeah. world's strongest man. Right. But um, you know, it's one of those things where okay, let's look and see what someone from that region would eat, and they eat a lot of fish and game and you know stuff like that. So maybe I should be eating that sort of shit. I, I don't know. But they also weren't small people though, because in that colder climate, they had to have the fat on them. Yeah. To keep them warm in the winter. Yep. And they had bigger torsos and shorter extremities for, you know, because your body holds heat. If you had long extremities, then you're losing heat. Right. It also comes from being more, <clears throat> not long and lean, but more built like a brick shit house for climbing up and down hills. I wasn't, my ancestors weren't, you know, running across the steps in Africa. They were climbing snowy hilly mountains so different environment um you know so yeah i should see what that kind of cuisine is and i'm staying away from the yeah. English stuff because it's pretty nasty so just bangers and mash spotted which, which one bangers by the way sausage yeah that's all it is sausage and mashed potatoes yeah that's what they eat for breakfast with no seasoning none uh spotted Bl- dick bland as can be steak and kidney pie so i got a good story about that. scotch eggs though so Can't we went to them. we went to uh, Bermuda, which was a formal. Well, it still is British. So, okay. In fact, the, po- the the mailboxes at the t- when I was there said ER. Oh. Now I'm sure they say um, GR. No, who's the king now? King. What the fuck is his name? Jesus, it's not George. No, Charles. Charles. So G-R. it says. So they'll say CR. So when it was Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth Regina, now it's Charles Rex. So his middle name is Rex. No, it's Elizabeth Regina. Is Regina is the Latin for queen? Oh, oh. Rex is the Latin for king. Learn learn something new today. Yeah. Um. So we were there, and the, our friend there wanted to take us for a proper Bermuda breakfast, which apparently was a proper English breakfast. Mm-hmm. Or, and it was like, he's like, get the bangers and mash. He's like, I love it. It's my favorite. And I, I, I ate it. It was the most bland thing I've ever had in my life. I was like, this is your, f- did you grow up without flavor? Right. Apparently so. Like, there's no British cuisine that's like, has any flavor to it whatsoever. Yeah. Now, I do like, I, I like fish and chips, but it's not, it's because it's a breaded fried piece of fish with French fries. Yeah. There's not a whole bunch of, like you put malt vinegar on it to make it taste better. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Like it's not good without it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I wonder like, it's like for, for my people, like from what I understand, my people were from the mountains of the Caucasus. Mm-hmm. They ate lamb. Yeah. Still eat lamb to this day. So maybe it's a higher protein diet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe yours is, needs to be more of a fish diet. I Which don't. I love fish. I don't. Yeah, but we have kids that won't eat 
they won't eat my kids won't eat lamb because they don't want to kill you know the the lamb like they don't not that they have to kill the lamb but if you tell them it's a lamb like oh no the lamb we don't want to kill a lamb and so like I, I literally had to make it up where i said oh no they don't kill a lamb the lamb died and we're doing its we're doing its body a favor but by i don't want to eat a dead animal like <laughs> I, you know what? I, I was flying by the seat of my pants with that yeah. conversation. And like, cause I, I was trying to also explain beef where cat, like the cow. And like, I had to say like, no, no, the cow, the cow was living on the farm and it died of natural causes. And, you know, to honor the cow, you know, we want to, you want to use all of it. So they use every part of the cow and, you know, we're eating part of it because it provides nourishment. Mm-hmm. And, they believe me. I didn't tell them that the the cow probably was raised on a mega farm, yeah, and just penned in its whole life and just shot up with steroids so it could be and big someone, and fat and I could eat it. And then yeah, and then someone put a bolt through its brain, yeah, but not to kill it, so yep. its own heart could pump its blood out. And then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll call that out. Um, yeah, so so I've never I'm not a big hunter. In fact, I'm not a hunter at all. But I like to I love to fish. So. A couple of years ago, Lindsay's uncle and I, we took the boys out fishing. So catching fish and, you know, one of the, oh, that's it. let's keep that fish for a, we had a fish tank and put, I said, no, I'm going to rip its gill out. It's going to bleed to death and I'm going to gut it and we're going to eat it. Huh? And I, yeah, right out, just bam, right in front of him. <laughs> the blood's coming out, threw it in the cooler, got home. said, so now I'm going to show you how you gut, and that's where your food comes from. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so probably a little different with boys than girls yeah, in that yeah. one. They're like, um, oh, cool. They're like kill, I'm like yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should show them a, a butchering video of a cow. And I was like, no, probably not. That won't go over well. It's so funny to see these memes. Like, there's one like, how could someone kill and eat a deer? And like the picture, like the reply was like, so is that rhetorical? Or are you looking for? <laughs> are you looking for a recipe? <laughs> Do you want to know how it actually happened or <laughs> no? Okay. I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. There's the restaurant up by us called Jimmy Seafood and they have their ongoing feud with PETA. Mm-hmm. So PETA puts, oh, yeah. up, PETA puts up a billboard around the restaurant and then when when the lease is up on the board, Jimmy's buys the time yeah. on the board. It like comes back at him. <laughs> if, if anyone go on uh, Jimmy Seafood's Facebook page. And look at their back and forth with PETA. Mm-hmm. I think it's also on their Twitter too. It, it's funny because they're local. Yeah, and and basically it's a seafood joint. So it's like PETA always tries to like be like, "Don't eat crabs. Crabs aren't food." And, well, and Jimmy's like, "Crabs are definitely food." <laughs> well, no, there's there's one where it was a it was a crab, and it said, "I'm not food. I'm me." It was this crab like with its claws in the air, and then like the very next one was like the it was the from Jimmy's seafood. The crabs pour an old bay on itself. <laughs> I'm taking a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thankfully I haven't, and I do want to take the boys hunt because I think they need to see. And it's so because there are people that will legit, legitimately say, "You need to hunt. Just go to the supermarket." Like, um, do mm-hmm. you know anything about anything? Because I'm just trying to, you know. Uh, but those people exist and they reproduce. Yeah, they're out there, and then they pass down their. I'll do air quotes. Knowledge. Yeah. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're perfectly fine with that deer on the side of the road that got hit by a truck 
because right. we don't allow hunters to hunt longer for deer season when the deer population's up. Yeah. They would much rather it be hit by a truck than take a bullet to the brain and die in five seconds. So, yeah, so in Rock Creek, um, they'll go out and people get permits to call the herd of deer in Rock Creek. And it's only bow hunting. It's a limited time. But then these, so these deer, they there's only so much resources for the deer to eat. So, and then they get hit by Buicks and BMWs, and they're just running around and they're start they're emaciated. So, the hunters go out there and and do this hunt to call the herd. Well, the hippies all go out there and bang trash cans around to save the deer. So essentially, you're saying, okay, deer, you could have had a quick, honorable, instant death with an arrow through your, you know, thoracic cavity, go through your heart, lungs, run 50 yards and you drop. But no, now you're going to starve to death because it makes me feel better. Like, that's the... I've got an interesting story about deer. So when I was growing up, I grew up in upstate New York for a large portion of my childhood and into adulthood. And we, we moved there from this... DC area, right? Um, so upstate rural type living was new to us. Now it wasn't completely rural. We we lived near Albany, mm-hmm. but we we lived in a suburb, so it, there was more rural than there was yeah city, right? And lots of hunters are up there. Um, so one of my friend's dads was a hunter, and he would go with his dad, and he would hunt, and they would go hunt deer during deer season because there there was a specific time where you can go hunt deer. To control the population so they didn't go on the road and get hit by cars and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And they controlled the, the spawning population. Also, it was done for a very uh, scientific and ecological reason. And it was run by the Department of Natural Resources yeah. for the hunting season and everything like that. Okay. So they go and they got, they, they got two deer, which I think was their limit. And we didn't think anything of it. I go over to my buddy's house one day. Tells us about, I see the deer hanging there. It's, it's being hung to, to like dry out. Mm-hmm. The next time I go over, he hands me a package and says, do you like venison? I was like, what, what's venison? Yeah. It's deer meat. I said, well, I've never had it. He goes, well, here you go. Here's a package of uh, a, a venison sausage. Mm-hmm. Please take this home to your parents. And I didn't think anything of it. I take it home. My parents are like, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And we tried it. Delicious, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, and I went back I went back to my buddy's house, and I was like, oh, we loved it. It was great. It tasted great. And he handed us some deer steaks. Mm-hmm. And he said, take this home to your parents, and please tell them it's for me. And I was like, okay. And I asked my dad, I was like, why, are they, why does he keep giving us food? And so I was talking to my buddy, and my buddy was like, it's because you know they only need a certain amount for the winter time. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, we don't want it to go to waste, so we just give it to neighbors yeah. and whoever can use it. And, he, and so my dad just gives it to our my friends or his friends or whatever. And it's funny because I, I ended up seeing um, in Alaska they do the same thing. They I think they like, they go and the and the tribe tries to go and they think they get like a seal or something. Mm-hmm. And one seal feeds the entire village yeah. for the winter because uh, the fatty meat. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize that even in like upstate New York, 
like hunters up there, they do not waste any portion no. of the meat. Like they're like they know how much they need for the winter. They put it in the freezer and they eat off of it for the winter. And and, and this was in the suburbs. I'm not talking about like some rural dude out yeah. in the mountains. This is like in a suburb. Mm-hmm. And there were like, it, it was amazing. Like it wasn't just him. Like I got it from another buddy too. Like he, we ended up getting like some. I think it was in like a deer chops or something. I, I don't even know what mm-hmm. these things are. Like I got, we got deer chops, deer steaks, and, and deer sausage. Yeah. That, and, and, and we didn't even go hunt the damn thing. Yeah. Um. But it's all done under the under the guise of, of a, or under the guidance of DNR. Yep. And it was it was nuts, man. Like that was my first like real real introduction to hunters. Mm-hmm. And like it it's not it's not like. What, what you think it is when you're from like a liberal family where it's just like you, you think it's just three drunk dudes going out and shooting something just to shoot it and well, leaving yeah. it there. Yeah. They, they think it's just a bunch of rednecks running around blasting guns, like like killing whatever is around. And like the biggest conservationists and environmentalists are going to be your hunters and fishermen. Yeah. Because if you destroy the environment and you're, you're irresponsible with with the herd of deer or the the fish or whatever it is there's gonna be nothing left to catch so yeah those guys and they they really do honor the animal that they that they kill so they, they wouldn't say kill they say harvest yeah you know you went and harvested an elk you harvested a deer and um in order for those deer to be healthy there has to be only so many of them and they have to have a good place to eat clean water to drink all that stuff so they're out, there. but meanwhile, you have these these dipshit suburban urban hippies thinking that they're just out there when really their goals are aligned. It's just one thinks that oh, hunting's evil. Just go to Giant and buy it. Right. What's worse for the environment, a factory farm or a couple dudes out there in real tree camo blasting a deer? Yeah, and don't get I me. Mean, we're not saying like we can feed the entire population of the u.s like that but if you if you know of a of a hunter going out they're going to treat the animal with a lot more respect than that corporate farm is oh yeah 100 percent uh and by the way your food isn't going to have all the chemicals in it either if your neighbor gives you some venison steaks take them because they don't have any garbage in yeah, them and they're freaking delicious and yeah. like especially like the back strap is so tender you can cut it with a fork and is, that is one of my buddies gave my wife, he made some and she goes to here, try this. She eats. Oh, wow. This, this is the, this is the most tender steak I've ever had. He said, yeah, well, it's deer. It's venison. She goes, well, I just ate a deer. Yeah, you did. She, <laughs> she stopped. She's like, it was really good. Yeah, right. <laughs> the only problem I have with deer is sometimes it's too lean. So you got to add some fat to it to, you know, but Hey, if that's my one complaint, then by the time I'll take I've, it. by the time I've had that thought, it's usually gone. Oh yeah, like I've eaten it that fast. Oh yeah, or someone will bring me like deer bologna, yeah. or deer jerky, or any like I'm just crushing it, you know. That, that, that that's one part of upstate New York I miss. Like I didn't have to I didn't have to go shoot the thing, but we had more than enough neighbors who were just bringing it over. Yeah. And it wasn't like we were born and raised there. These were just people we knew. Yeah, like there was just a, there's a hunting is a big culture up there. Which people don't really realize. Like people don't think New York and think hunting, but once you get past like Westchester County, it's oh. pretty rural up there. Most of New York, if you were to take county by county, 
just it's going to be all red. So Long Island's actually got pretty red. New York's the five boroughs, and then Westchester, Orange County are going to be blue. And then pretty much everything except for maybe Buffalo right. is going to be red. Like maybe, it's, maybe even the city of Rochester, yeah. too. But, like, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of those where um, you'll hear the argument, well, what challenges? Just go shoot a deer with a rifle. All you're doing is moving your finger. Okay. I will give you my scoped rifle, my .30-06. Go out there and shoot a deer. You couldn't hit the side of this house. It takes some skill to be able to track it, aim, fire, and that's a rifle. Now let's go into bow, where you need some strength and endurance to actually, and you have to get even closer. So with my rifle, I could probably be, if I was good, I could probably be a half mile away from it. I'm not that good. A bow, I think 50 yards. And that's an animal who's solely tuned for survival. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, you click the safety off of a rifle and they're gone. You know, you bring a bag of Doritos out to snack on and they <laughs> smell it and they'll go nowhere near you. Right. You know, so it's, you really have to think like, like oh, it, how much skills does it take to just pull a trigger and blow Bambi's head off? Actually, Bambi's head's pretty small. It's pretty hard to hit. Yeah. Listen, uh, we initially we initially did this uh, this episode to talk about weight loss, um, and one of the reasons why we did that was because we wanted to let people know that you know, this is not a straight line down. Mike's at a plateau. I'm trying to come back down to my low because I gained some weight. This is all normal. Um, be careful of what you're putting in your body. We talk, we definitely try to talk about that today. Um, within reason, though, I mean, the, we still we still shop at grocery stores. There, there's some stuff we're putting in our bodies that we really can't. Even if you pick the healthiest stuff, you might be putting some stuff in your body that's not that great. But you do your best, and eventually the weight will come off. You just got to keep at it. So anyone that's trying to lose some weight, we're trying with you. Stay with it. Don't stop. Like, subscribe, comment, share while you're losing your weight. Uh, thank Brian Schilling for sponsoring the show. I want to thank Cheers and Spirits in the Arnold Station Plaza. AnnapolisHomeExperts.com is Brian's website. If you're listening to us on the podcast platforms, go ahead and leave us a uh, leave us a, a, a review if you can. If there's a thumbs up, thumbs down, hit that. Uh, if you're on YouTube or Rumble, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. See you next time.